Good evening, Elizabeth Chapel Church family. Thank you for being with us tonight, and it's a joy to uh, to gather together as a church body, and we're going to conclude tonight this series that we've been doing, America at Risk. But at the end of the uh, session tonight, I'm going to do a prayer time for our congregation. So we'll do the Bible study, and then when we finish that part, then we'll, uh, we'll have a prayer time for our church and just talk about some things that, that are important to us. But let's just pray for a moment. Father, guide us now as we study your word, as we look at the conclusion to this series, America at Risk. Guide our hearts and our minds now as we research your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, the session tonight that we're going to be looking at America at Risk, this is number four, the purpose of the church in America. Now that's a pretty big subject to try to cover in one session, but we're going to attempt it and I, I, think, we can, I think we can get through it. If you would get your Bible tonight and turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter number 3 and chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and 4. We'll look at some of the verses there as we, uh, as we get to the Scripture tonight. Let me just read the beginning in verse number 16 of chapter 3. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead at His appearing in His kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season, out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering. Now at the end, I'm going to read the last two verses when we finish, get close to the end tonight. But, but that, that's our sort of our text, our, our jumping off point as we begin tonight. When we think about the church at risk, we think about the church in America, America at risk, we're, we're looking at what Timothy was taught by the church founder, Apostle Paul. He founded many churches, was a great missionary. And he wrote to Timothy and he gave Timothy, First and Second Timothy, as a guidebook on how the church is to function and, and the governance of the church. And he said, this is how... The church, the house of God, needs to behave itself and impact the community. So as we look at the purpose of the church in America, I just want to brainstorm with you for a moment. Someone might say, well, the church in America has the responsibility to defend the flag, to defend the religious freedom of the United States of America. Somebody else might say, well, the church has responsibility to be the outspoken voice of the social ills and all of the difficulties that are going on throughout the country. Or someone might say, well, the church needs to pick up the fight in politics and enter the political arena and pass the laws and get things straight in, the, in a country. Now, I want you to listen to me very clearly, and don't miss this, and please do not misquote what I'm going on record saying tonight. 
Those things that I have just mentioned to you is not the purpose of the church. That is not why Jesus put the church on earth. Now, individual Christians may have a voice in politics. Individual Christians may get involved in social issues and give some guidance and leadership there. Independent individual Christians may stand for the flag and, and go to war and fight for freedoms. And that is responsibility that we have as individual Christians living in America. But listen to me, friend. That is not the purpose of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ corporately and as a whole. We may do that individually, but Jesus made it very clear and very plain the purpose of the church in any culture at any time. And it's two things, and two things only. The first one is to reach the lost with a clear gospel message. That's our purpose. The church is the gospel preaching body. We're the body of Christ. Jesus died on the cross and was resurrected from the dead. He paid the penalty for our sin. And the purpose of the church has always been, it always will be, for preaching a clear presentation of the gospel of Christ. The second purpose of the church is to, to disciple believers with the clear teaching of God's Word. After we win the lost, we're to clearly expound to them and teach them the doctrines of Scripture that they may grow and be strong in the Lord. Now, my friend, that is it. That is it right there. When you think of the purpose of the church in America, there it is. Preach and teach a clear presentation of the gospel that lost people might be saved, their heart might be changed. When their heart is changed, their behavior will be changed. And then to disciple those believers. And not only disciple them in the word discipleship, but listen, friend, with a clear teaching of God's word. Now that brings us to what we're looking at tonight the church being at risk in America. Because you see, some are missing this thought of a clear presentation of the gospel. A clear presentation of teaching the Word of God to people that they may grow as a Christian. I want to just sort of narrow it down and look at one single principle uh, tonight in this study. Because you see, when you think about the church, the church is to be a representative of the Word of God. We're to preach the gospel. We're to, we're to stand for the gospel. We're the voice of God in the land. The government's not the voice of God. Civic groups are not the voice of God. The school system is not the voice of God. No, the church is the voice of God in the world in which we live. That, that's the purpose. And so, so think with me for a moment about, about something. 
let's talk and let's just reminisce for a moment about the high cost to the church of leaving expository preaching and teaching. Now you say, boy, Brother Joel, you're getting into deep theological stuff tonight and and I'm not going to be able to follow you. You can follow me. I'm going to make it very, very simple. But just, just stay here and watch this for a moment. If the church is the agent that God has placed in this world to teach and preach God's holy word, if we and the word of God are the conscience of society and of the nation, of which we are coming from God, then there must be a plan that God has in place of how Scripture is to be taught, how Scripture is to be explained. How do we explain the Scripture in the culture in which we live in? And I believe the way God has given us to do that is is expository, expository teaching and preaching of His Word. You say, well, what in the world is expository preaching? Well, I'll challenge you, Google that and you'll come up with the right answer. What is expository preaching? Here it is. It is verse by verse teaching. It is looking at a passage of Scripture, looking at the background, looking at the purpose for which it was written, looking to see who were the people that God wrote that original Scripture to. That is what expository teaching and preaching is. I was talking with a uh, pastor friend on the phone this morning and I really don't know if he has any educational uh, background in theology. I don't know if he's been to Bible school. I don't even know if he's been trained in preaching because he surrendered late in life. But my heart was blessed and refreshed to hear what he was saying because it's, it's spot on with what the scripture says. He said, Brother Joel, I preach and teach verse by verse. I need to know what came before, and I need to know what comes after, and I teach verse by verse because that keeps it in context. Listen to me, friend. That is exactly what expository preaching and teaching is. You don't ignore the context of Scripture You don't ignore the background. You don't ignore the political climate in which God spoke Scripture or the economic climate or any of those things. You keep the Word of God in context, verse by verse teaching of the Word of God. Now let me tell you why the church, I believe, is so at risk in our culture. Many preachers and many churches have left expository preaching and teaching for topical preaching and teaching. And my friend, that is a huge danger. Because you see, that's what many of the cults do. The cults go take a verse here, they take a verse there, and they make that verse sound and say whatever whatever they want it to say and however they want it to sound. And my friend, that is not God's way. It is not God's plan. God wants the Bible expounded within its context and confines of how it was written verse 
by verse. Now, follow me for a moment. I want to just take a look for a moment at this idea of topical teaching and preaching and why so many churches are going in that direction today. Well, I will say to you, if you've noticed since the pandemic began, if you notice teaching and preaching online, you can hear a lot of this topical preaching online. Because it's easy to listen to and guys just enjoy doing it. It doesn't take a lot of study time. But neither does it grow the body of Christ. It may hit an issue here and hit an issue there. But that's not how God's designed teaching of the Word of God to be. Uh, I'll just go through some things here with you for a moment. Topical teaching or preaching... You look for a verse, sometimes you don't even need a verse. You just get a topic and you just get up and take off and you just tell everybody whatever comes to mind and and maybe if you tack a verse on somewhere in it, hey, people think that's preaching and teaching. That is not God's plan. Let me give you another thought. Topical preaching and teaching often diminishes the authority of of God's Word to the listener. My friend, how many times have you heard somebody say, what does the Bible mean to you? Now there's a classic example of topical teaching and understanding of Scripture. What the Bible means to me doesn't have anything to do with anything. Here's what's important. What does the Bible mean? What did God give that scripture for? What does that scripture say to the person and the people that it was written to back in those early years? What did it mean? That's what I've got to discover. And then I must yield my life to the control of that scripture. I will give you one here. Here's how topical teaching and preaching diminishes the Word of God. Let's let's just take a classic for a moment. Anybody that wants to convince themselves that drinking alcohol is okay will always, if they know Scripture, will go to the Bible to do it. And you know as well as I do where they go. They go to John chapter 2 where Jesus turned water into wine and they conclude, well, if Jesus turned water into wine, then it's okay for me to drink my wine. It's okay for me to drink my alcohol. It's okay for me to social drink because after all, Jesus turned water into wine. Listen to me, friend, and get this. That is topical preaching teaching. That's just taking a verse, making it say what you want to, what it feels good. You think that's what it means. And hey, go with it, friend, and soothe your own conscience. My friend, listen to me. If you want to know about turning water into wine, you go to the book of John chapter number 2. You read the passage of Scripture. You look at the context. It was the first miracle that Jesus performed And there was a reason that he performed it. His mother was there. His family was there. He is showing them that it's now time for the cross. And when you look at that scripture in detail, even the person at the wedding themselves said in his own words, Why have you saved the best wine till the end? 
Many people bring the best wine out first. And when everybody gets then you bring the bad wine. But Jesus, you provided the best wine to begin with. Now, why is that? Because it was the fruit of the vine. It had not been fermented and it had not been hardened. It was nothing like the alcohol industry of the wine in our day. Now, friend, there how topical teaching and preaching diminishes the authority of the Word of God and it is going rampant through America right now, this very hour as I speak, rather than expositional teaching. There's another one. Topical preaching sometimes allows preachers and teachers to ignore subjects that need to be addressed, which often leads to to the denial of doctrinal scripture. I just came across this lady's name this week, Jen Hatmaker, I believe I pronounced that right, who was a very popular women's speaker who took a U-turn in her own doctrine and theology, at one time believed that lesbianism and homosexuality was but when her became a lesbian took a complete turnaround and began to say no that lifestyle is not sinful anymore you can google her name and you can read all of the same things that I've read Lifeway pulled all of her material off of the shelves when that happened well there's a classic example now I'm, I'm not ill to her about her that's the decision she made claims to be a, a Christian speaker it's a point of record what she believes and the deconversion that she allows the person It's word. It's word. The subject of homosexuality. It is very clear throughout Scripture. I love every person, regardless of what, regardless of how they live, and regardless of their lifestyle. I love Christ. We need to love them as well. Love every person, no matter what. Heterosexual, homosexual, lesbian, who. They are. We need everyone. And we need to treat folks with respect and love. But my friend, it's when you say the Bible and agreement of that lifestyle, when it does not teach that. And that's what we're seeing happening in our day. Going on with topical preaching. Let me give you another one for a moment. Topical preaching often ignores how and why Scripture was written. I'll give you an example of that. A church service years ago, listening to an evangelist preach, and this evangelist wanted to count noses. He wanted decisions made, and he wanted to draw people to the altar. And the text of his sermon was in Galatians 6, 17. 
And if you read that verse, Galatians 6, 17, well, in fact, I'm just going to turn there and read it. I, I think that's, this is, this is this important enough to do this. Galatians chapter 6, verse number 17. Now, now listen to this verse for a moment. This is Paul at the conclusion of his letter to the Galatians. And he says, from now on, let no one trouble you, trouble me. For I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now think about that for a moment. Here's Paul. And he says, I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now this preacher, topical preacher, took that verse of scripture and he began to preach about the marks of a Christian. And he said, Christian, the first to be baptized. Next mark of the Christian is, is tithe now that you've been saved. The next mark of a Christian is that uh, you need to be faithful to the church and faithful for the Lord. And he went on and on and on with all the marks of a Christian and then gave the invitation and asked people to come forward. Tell you something, friend. That in no way, no way in the world is what Paul was talking about here. That not, has nothing to do with what Paul was talking about here. Sure, a Christian ought to be baptized. Sure, a Christian ought to tithe. Sure enough, a Christian ought to be faithful. But to say that's what this scripture says, that's topical preaching and that's wrong. That's not right. That, does, that is not what this scripture says. Out there. You study the, the epistles, you see exactly what Paul was saying. Circumcision. And the issue of circumcision was a mark. It was. And he took that issue of circumcision. Let me tell you something. I want you to know that I am a believer. I've been circumcised. But the marks that I have suffered since my persecution that have been cut into my skin and have been whaled upon my back have been delivered to me as blows for taking the gospel of Jesus around the world. He said, those are the marks that I bear in my body as a Christian. You go over and read 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, and you'll see what he's talking about. So my friend, the point of what I'm saying to you tonight, we as the church of Jesus Christ are charged from heaven with taking the gospel of Jesus and the word of God world. That's why we're here. That's what we're called to do. And the way we're to do that is exegetical, verse by verse, by Bible teaching, church in America is at risk when it leaves that commission and command of God to exegete the Word of God and be. We want to go out there and talk so that we can gather a group of listeners to listen to us. Pickle preaching opens the door for the preacher to give too much of his opinion rather than 
the opinion of God in His Word. Topical preaching also more listening audience. The audiences of today like to hear these good things. If you don't believe it, just people listen to Joel Osteen smile and all of his things that he wants to say rather than exegete the Word of God. So see tonight, friend, talk, topical preaching is the fad that's sweeping through our land, but it's not the way God wants it. Exegetical preaching of the Word of God requires discipline. It requires a lot of study. It requires a man to become a God-man, get on his face and stay there before and get his hands out of everything else going on in the world and be of God with the word of God to a nation, to a nation at risk, needs to hear God. Where are the men of God in our day standing up in our nation? The God, authoritative God, to a nation in crisis and at risk. We better get back churches and teachers to teaching and preaching the Word of God. Well, let me give you the conclusion. No, we were going all this, did you? I enjoy the Word of God. Listen, listen to how Paul ends this word to Timothy. He told him to teach the Word and preach the Word. He tells him all through this book, you take that gift that God's given you and you run with it. You fan the fire, Timothy. And he says to him in these last verses, verse number 3 of chapter 4, 2 Timothy. Notice it, friend. This is not me speaking. This is God's Word. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Friend, that's exactly what we've been talking about tonight. The time is here. They will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires and because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. They will turn their ears away from the truth and they will be turned aside to fables. My friend, the application of that verse of Scripture, although it was so true in Paul's day, the application of it for our day is never been a time in our world today that that is more true than right now. Right now. You better be teachers and preachers of the Word of God. We better exegete the Word of God. We better pray over it. We better expound it with expository not, we are not a cult coming down the pike, my friend. We're not a church of Jesus filled with His power if we're doing the things that He says for us to do. Well, thank you for joining me, and I just thank you for spending this time and enjoying this time together. If you get a chance... Just go on Facebook or Google, Franklin Graham. He's got a little, about a one-minute little video 
that he does about the gospel and the presentation of the gospel. And on that and he says they certainly do matter and the gospel has all of us. God, because God loves us, God wants to save us, God wants to change our hearts. You Google that video by Franklin Graham and listen to it. It'll bless your heart. And if you've never been saved, you can pray with him to trust Jesus as your Savior. And also, you can contact and they'll follow up with you and pray with you as you turn your life over to Jesus Christ. Well, let's just have a word of closing prayer. God, we love you. We honor you. We thank you for your word. Now guide us through this week in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, now our Bible study is ended, okay? The Bible study's over. But I do want to take about the next five, six minutes, and I want to just pray with our church family here at Elizabeth Chapel. So we're sort of changing gears here for just a moment. We're just going to eat this old ship back down for a moment and let her be anchored and settle down here for a second. Just want to have a prayer with you tonight as a, as a church body. We've done these Wednesday nights online and we haven't done as much praying together and me praying with you and for you and talking about our church needs uh, here in the last couple of months. So I want to do that tonight just for a moment, if, if we can. I, I want to ask you tonight to, to join with me and let's just continue to pray for our homebound. We've got some of our folks that are homebound, not able to get out right now, and there are some that can't get out at any time, are at risk and haven't been able back to church since we've gathered back here several weeks ago. So let's just pray for our homebound tonight. I want them to know I've not forgotten about them. Notes, you can send them notes. You're praying for them, that you care about them. Let's stay in contact with, with all of our church family. Seems like we've leveled off in our attendance now that we've been back at about 180 in our two service, or excuse me, let me back that 160 to 180 in our two services. Before the pandemic, neighborhood of 220, 230 in our services. Now we do know that we're seeing enough evidence broadcast on Sunday mornings that continue to. But I do know as pastor, this is seeing. And I don't want you to get lazy and just say, hey, I'm just checking out. I'm just here at home and, and watch the service. What God wants you to do. If, if you are well and you can get out. We've got the 9 o'clock service, the 11 o'clock service. The 11 o'clock service is fuller than the 9. There That you can have your spacing, hear the person. We need to hear the church need to be together as a body more now.
or with what's going on in, your, in this world. And I'm just going to tell you something, friend. You cannot get at home everything you can get by being here seeing your Christian friends. We're still not shaking hands. We're still not hugging. We're still not breathing on each other. We stay, keep our distance. And we will honor that. I don't get a, a, an outbreak going on in our church. Pray we don't and do what we need to do but we need you to come but we're praying for our and we're going to lift them up to the Lord as we pray as we pray tonight as we lift them up another thing that I want to mention to you is this we're, we're very Wednesday nights back again here at the building within no later than a couple of weeks we're going to get the word to you Start back on Wednesday nights where the youth are doing some things. They're pack, playing volleyball. They're actually playing. Um, we're going to get the children, getting them geared back up and getting them ready to go on Wednesday nights. And then when we come back at Wednesday nights, we'll just, all the adults, we'll just all gather together here in the auditorium for a Bible study and face to face prayer time. We, we need that. We're missing that. Videos. So here in a couple of weeks, be ready. We're going uh, to try to make that happen. Sunday nights, we're going to continue uh, not having Sunday nights for the time being while we're doing the Sunday morning two services. That leaves it open at 6 o'clock for adult choir practice. We hope that they can get back and, and get to going strong again. So those are, those are some of the things that, that we're doing. Another thing, there is going to be a church using our baptistry a week from Sunday. So if you're listening to me at home or, or even in our church family and you want to be baptized and God has spoken to your heart and you've been saved and you need to follow through with scriptural baptism, get in touch with me because we're going to be filling the baptistry for this other church and we can use it as well on that Sunday morning or do it during the week and video it. So you get in touch. We'd love to, to see you baptized and following through with all that God wants you to do. Well, I'm going to pray in a moment, but I want to share a new verse of Scripture with you. It's new to me. It's not new in the Word of God. It's probably not new to some of you. But it's in the book of Nahum, that little prophet Nahum, back in the Old Testament toward the end. And it's verse number 7 in chapter number 1. And I want you to listen to it for a moment. This is God speaking. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. And He knows those who trust in Him. God gave me that verse several weeks ago. I've been praying it and claiming it and just, uh, just anchoring my life down there in that verse uh, as, as I've, I've just continued to walk about and minister and serve the Lord. Think with me for a moment about it. The Lord is good. Isn't God good? Just in your heart right now, God knows your thoughts. Just tell Him how good He is, how thankful you are for Him, how thankful you are for what He's done. God is so good. He's, he's, just, he's blessed us. None of us have had any of the coronavirus so far that I know of. 
the Lord is so good. He is just being with us. And, and we pray that that will continue as we do due diligence as a people. The Lord is good. But listen to the next word. A stronghold in the day of trouble. My friend, we're in a day of trouble. We're in a day of trouble in the pandemic worldwide. We're in a day of trouble with what's going on in our world in an election year. The turmoil that's taking place. I'm telling you, friend, when I watch the news, I don't know who to believe. I don't know who's telling a lie, who's telling the truth, who's exaggerating or anything. My friend, listen to me. We need, we need as a church... You and I need as believers, we need to lock on to Jesus. He is a stronghold in the day of trouble. Not only the trouble in our world, friend, but but the trouble in your life. Your personal trouble. Your personal struggle. My personal struggle. I, I need to lay hold on the Lord. The Lord is good. And He is a stronghold. In the day of trouble, He will hold us up. You know why He'll do that? Because we are the church in America. We're the church of the living God. We're His voice in this day of trouble, in this day of deceit in our world. We need to be that faithful voice. We need to be honoring Him, humbly walking before Him, praying diligently, serving Him, loving people, giving a clear presentation of the gospel message, teaching the truth of God's Word. Would you join with me, church family, as we close, as I pray for you. I pray for our deacons. I pray for all of our Sunday school teachers. Our Sunday school is back in operation. It's at 10 o'clock. We need you to come and be a part of that. Our auditorium class, they're meeting now. Wayne's class. Uh, Mike is teaching it while Wayne is out. 10 o'clock every Sunday morning. Our older adults. we, We just invite you, friend, to come out. Be a part of what God is doing. Pray for other churches, other Christians. But let me pray for you right now as we close. Father, I just come to you tonight and I thank you, dear God, that you're a good God. And we never question that. We never doubt it. No matter what goes on in our life, no matter what turmoil, no matter what heartache, no matter what difficulty happens, God, we continue to proclaim you are a good God to us. You are our stronghold. And we lock on to you. You protect us. You guide us. You lead us. Jesus is our Lord. Your Son, your blessed Son is our Savior. We're part of His body. We're His bride. And Father, that makes us special to you and to Him. And we thank you. Bless our homebound people. Just strengthen them, Lord, during this time. Be near to all of our church family that are struggling with so many issues, so many heartaches, so many struggles. God, just strengthen our church. Strengthen the believers in this place. God, may we lay hold upon you and not turn you loose as our good God. 
And Father, we depend upon you in this day in which we live. Help us as a church family to be true, to be your voice in the community and the world. Help us to teach and preach the Word of God correctly, rightly dividing the Word of truth. Help us to study as a person of God, not to be ashamed, rightly dividing your Word to other people. Bless all of our deacons and their wives, their families. Bless all of our church families, our Sunday school teachers. Empower our teachers, Father, that they might teach without apology exegetical teaching the truth of God's word may they fill in those verses that that life way material wants to leave out that's hard may they just say hey I'm going to cover this verse right here I'm going to speak this verse from my heart as you speak it to them Lord we thank you Father for our literature it's great literature it gives the background and everything we've been teaching about just help us to be faithful and not overlook something that the Holy Spirit would have us to say that's in those texts. Now, Lord, we love you, we praise you, we honor you. Bless us this Sunday. May heaven fall upon us this Lord's day. Help our singers to sign up and sing. God, lay it upon their hearts to come Sunday with a, with a song from their heart that will encourage and strengthen the body of Christ as we gather together, as we teach and preach your word. Father, send us some to be baptized this week. We're praying it. We're asking you to save lost and change lives. We love you, Father. We pray, God, that this evening that we've spent together has your hand upon it, that you bless it in a powerful way. These things I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you, church family. Have a good rest of the week. I'll see you Sunday as we come together as the family of God.